you, sir? I'm doing well. And uh, I just wanted to say I want to offer my, you know, my condolences to you for John Short as a friend of yours. Obviously a tough day. So I just want to start off with that. I was listening to you on the way into the office today, and uh, I thought you just did a really, really great job for those of us who didn't get a chance to know the man. So just want to say thank you for that. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I think that you and I and everybody in this industry can thank John and Brian Hall and Cam Cole and Jim Matheson and Terry Jones and Barry Westgate for kind of uh, setting the foundation for the industry that we're in. I mean, the Internet has helped and all the the other things, but uh, this is a, a rabid sports in hockey town, and John's one of the reasons. Yeah, 100%. I, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, as I was listening to you, as I mentioned driving in, you kind of hear a little bit of the history and a couple of the stories that you mentioned, and you kind of realize how lucky we are to have those, uh, those folks like John kind of paving the way for us to get here uh, today. So. Yeah. Uh, really, really great opening to the show today. I appreciate that. So let's start here because I'm getting inundated with it, and I haven't mentioned it because of the nature of the first hour of the show. But Corey Perry is on the minds of Oilers fans. Some are saying, "Man, the numbers don't look good," and others are saying, "Who cares? He's one of those guys who is kind of a, a you know a rat, a, a a guy who can discombobulate the other team. He's a nasty bit of work." Corey Perry thoughts. It's an interesting question, right? I mean, obviously the news came out today that he's being cleared to to come back to play, but we don't know what exactly happened in Chicago. So it's it's an interesting question. Now, Edmonton is a city that does take in some reclamation projects over the years. It's well documented. So I think that in terms of a fit for somebody looking for another chance, Edmonton would make sense. And I, I think that, who knows whether it works or not, or whether they could even make the money work or any of the details that matter in a situation like this. But ultimately when you're talking about a player like Corey Perry, you look at what he's done, who he is and what he can contribute on the ice. And I I have a hard time saying no, it would be a bad idea to have somebody with the Stanley cup pedigree. Like you said, he's an absolute menace on the ice. He's a pest. He'll get under your skin. And I feel like the Oilers, that's an ingredient that they could use more of in the roster. Whether or not that specific person is Corey Perry remains to be seen. But I do think that the Oilers could use a little bit of that sandpaper, use a little bit of that annoyingness in the bottom six in the roster. Somebody to get their other team off their game. And as we've seen for, you know, 1,200 games, almost 1,300 games now, that is Corey Perry. So it's an interesting question, and I'm fascinated to see kind of how this plays out and whether or not the Oilers kick tires on them or if it even goes beyond just Oilers Twitter kind of doing what we do. Um, it's going to be a fascinating story to follow for sure. I think that based on what we know about Ken Holland, there will be interest. My question is, uh, he's, I think he's going to have five or six teams that will be interested, including Edmonton. And I think it's going to come down to where he wants to play because there's going to be a lot. He's just a famous name. And and even if you've got up as an extra forward, uh, that's a guy that the teams like to add. They'll spend extra. They'll, they'll send draft picks away to get the guy. This guy is there and available for only money. I think that's going to, if anything, increase his value. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. And at the end of the day, what we're looking at is I heard on your show, again, as I was driving into the office, people asked me about Sam Gagne not playing tonight. And this is a 
So he's a little he, – that's an on pace for more than 40 points in a season. And if you could get that kind of production in your bottom six along with some of the intangibles, I think that you maybe take a run at it. So it's not like he's completely devoid of production as well. He did have 25 points last year in Tampa Bay. He had 40 this season before that. Uh, that was within, I guess – yeah, I mean, he's a 38-year-old man now, and in terms of sports, he might as well be a dinosaur. But um, it's an interesting question because, like I said, it's not like he's not providing any any production as well. He was doing that in Chicago before everything went down. So it's going to be a very, very interesting question. If you, if you uh, like you say, if there's four, five, six teams kind of in the mix for him, he's going to have options. What's the best fit? What's the chance to play? What is what's the city he's going to? So there's going to be a lot of. Uh, a lot of variables in play there for Corey Perry. That's the kind of list of teams looking at him. The starter tonight in goal is Calvin Pickard. Uh, I, I think that this is a guy who is going to be given a chance here down the stretch to show he's the guy. But I, I still think they're probably going to reach out uh, and and grab a goaltender back up at some point in time with a little more NHL experience. Does he have a chance? Like, do you think if he plays well here, and by well I mean well, uh, that the Oilers would run into the postseason with Skinner and Pickard as the one-two? That is a fascinating question because over his last five games, or his last five appearances, I should say, three of those were over nine twenty-nine. And if your backup goalie is giving you nine twenty-nine and three of five starts, nine twenty-nine plus, I think you're pretty happy with that. And when you look at his numbers on the season, the 282 goals against average with a 904 percentage, it's not, you know, like he's better than what we were getting from the previous backup goaltender at a fraction of the cost. So I'm curious to see what he can do with the opportunities he's getting. We know he's going to play tonight in Detroit. Detroit, as as we know, they're on a three-game win streak. They do have some scoring touch. This is not going to be a layup game by any means. When he's given the chance, he's performed admirably so far for the Oilers, and and I think they might want to keep it running. I do agree they might go get a goalie of some kind to be a backup, maybe a more established backup uh, ahead of the deadline. But if Calvin Pickard can keep playing well, and again, his last start was a 9.33. I know it was against Anaheim, and people always like to point that stuff out, but he still had to make some big saves in there. So if he can keep providing that kind of backup goaltending and giving Stuart Skinner, uh, Skinner some days off when he needs it, He's going to get some leash here, and, and and it won't be because he's just a person in an Oilers uniform. It's earned, not given. So I think it's a really interesting story to see what Calvin Pickard's doing behind Stu right now. Mac Nelk, our guest from Oilers Nation on the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Okay, so Phil Kemp gets called up. He's a guy that, that you know, has not spent a day or a, a game on NHL ice during a regular season game. These are the guys I always cheer for because they're kind of, you know, in between and maybe he'll have a career. We don't know. But would you like to see him in a game? Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, it's, of course, it's nice to have a guy like Phil Kemp get pulled up and you get a couple of NHL paychecks while you're up here and you love to see that for a young man like this. But looking at his season last year, 2022-23, he had 21 points. Uh, six goals, 15 assists in 71 games with the Condors. So he was establishing himself a little bit on that right side. And the thing that I, the thing that I think works for him a lot is if he could provide some sound, quiet defense because he's a right-handed shot. I think that that right-handed shot is really going to go a long way for him. Now, Vinny's playing well in the third pairing, so I don't know that you would want to do anything to mess up the, the pairings. But I could absolutely see a situation where Chris Knobloch maybe wants to go 11-7 
and give Phil Kemp some at-bats there and a couple of shifts and probably not play a whole lot of minutes but get some reps in, I could absolutely see that. I'd love to see it. Um, I, I think that giving some young guys an opportunity is something that needs to happen. you got to know what you have there, and I, I, I'm always fascinated. You know, we've been covering the Oilers for a long time now, and part of that is getting excited about young players coming up and prospects coming up through the system. And Bill Kemp clearly, in the organization's eyes, deserved a recall, and let's see what the guy can do. They, they, they like they're they're almost at the midway part of the season, and they played seven defensemen. Most years, you're going to play ten to you know twelve, and they played seven. I mean, you know, Broberg is the seventh guy, but he's in the minors, and they've called up Denis. I'm sorry, uh, Gleason, and now uh, Kemp. They're just healthy, and that's a good thing. I, I don't think any Oiler fan is upset about it, but th- this this health thing is amazing for the goaltenders or for the defensemen. Yeah. It really is, knock on wood. It's something that we've been kind of quietly talking about here at Nation HQ, but not really wanting to do it out loud for risk of the hockey gourds getting angry at us as they have from time to time. But you're 100% right. It's it's a gift right now how healthy the defense has been. And at some point, at some time, some kids are going to get recalled and have to play. And I think a lot of people would expect that Philip Broberg will be back at some point. But I'm curious. I want to know what Phil Kemp can do because I think back to when Vincent DeHarnay was recalled last January. And I go, Vinny DeHarnay, really? Wow, that one caught me off guard. And then you see him play and you kind of go, okay, maybe there's something here. And while there were definitely some ups and downs, I really feel like he's establishing himself in that third pairing this year. And if you had told me that that would have happened at the start of the last season, I don't know that I ever would have believed you until we actually got to see him. So I think Phil kept kind of in a similar situation, albeit not necessarily with a spot like Vinny had. But if he can come in and play and give some at-bats and, and, and establish himself as a, a viable option, to be on the third pairing with with the others, he's he's worthy of a look, and I think they should give him one. So um, I asked this question of everybody, um, but I've asked it all week, and so I'm going to ask you. So here it goes: If you you're you're looking at this team right now, uh, starting slow, doing very well since like November 25th, Vegas and LA are faltering. Is it possible, in your opinion, that Edmonton could finish second or third in the Pacific Division? We talked about this yesterday on Oilers Nation Radio. We had a healthy debate, Young Yerubchuk and I, and I think that they can. Unfortunately, um, you know, they've lost three games to the Vancouver Canucks already this season. So, like, getting to first, I think, at this stretch is a long shot, especially when you have the tiebreaker situation factored in there. But I'm looking at the two teams in front of them. Currently, they are, you know... They've got four games in hand in Vegas. They are tied with L.A., who just lost a sixth straight game. So, yes is the answer. I could absolutely see the Oilers going on a run down the back half of the season, just like they did last year. This isn't a team that hasn't done this before. They tend to do it in the back half. We know Connor seems to get better in the back half of the season. Leon Dreisaitl now has goals in seven of his last ten games. So there are some trends here that make me believe, yes, it's possible that the Oilers can climb their way back into not just a top three position in the Pacific Division, but a home ice position for the first round of the playoffs at least. So I can absolutely see second place. It's going to take plenty of work. It's going to take some luck, and it's going to take some other teams losing. But the Oilers have the firepower to do it. Stuart Skinner has been fantastic over his last 15 appearances. He's got some excellent numbers between the pipes. And if those continue, and I guess uh, and there's a big if doing Dog's some heavy lifting in that sentence, it's doable. This team can do it. They have the talent. They have the firepower. They have the roster. They have the scoring ability to make it happen. 
Um, and I believe they will. I think we're going to be talking about a team that is in the top three by the time all is said and done. And we're going to be looking at this as kind of, can you believe they made that happen despite going, you know, what was it, two, nine and one or something, something wild like that to start off the season. So I absolutely think it's possible. In fact, I think it's doable and I think they will. Bag milk. Last question. So how does Frank deal with the weather and, and, do we do we keep track of his record, and do we care? Well, a couple of questions there, very very important. So, how does Frank deal with the weather? The answer is he doesn't. I opened up the door of my house today to let him go outside and do his business, and he just kind of looked up at me and he goes, "Are you nuts? I'm not going out there." <laughs> you almost basically have to grab him and chuck him out the door, and just be like, "You got to do it, buddy. You got to hustle." It's real cold out there, so he goes out for uh, you know some of the quickest dog pees you'll ever see on record right now, and then he's right back in the house. And the second part of the question, yes, we do keep the record. So right now, currently, Frank is 21-16. and 16 Good. The season. That's he's looking a- for another run here. So he's won a handful in a row now. Um, unfortunately, I just did post the pick today. He did pick the Red Wings today. So clearly, Frank didn't like what he saw in the Chicago game. And maybe it's a spike pick for Detroit tonight, but we'll see what happens. But at 21 and 16, all of a sudden my dog is on a roll and people have to kind of respect his ability to bet adequately on a money line winner. <laughs> Oiler fans love Frank. I, th- I think of, of the three of us, Frank's the one who's going to last the longest. Let's put it that way. He's the one that matters at the end of the day. And <laughs> as far as, as as far as any of my messages or emails ever go, no one ever wants to meet me. They only want to meet Frank. And, and you know what? I respect it, and it's well-deserved. There you go. All right, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it.